Welcome, everybody, to Three Great Lights. My name's Tim Shelton, and I am your host. We are so excited to be starting uh, this series on why I trust my Bible. Uh, this is the first lecture in our series of lectures on uh, why I trust my Bible, and this one's titled Significance of the Question. Uh, we'll touch on four key topics today, so let's get started with our first point. Okay, so our first point is the world is asking and attacking. This whole issue of I trust my Bible is one of the paramount issues that keeps coming up. I have had different kinds of questions about trusting the Bible. Things like, is it real? Is it authentic? Did the biblical writers get the story correct? Did the church alter it through the centuries? It is my privilege and joy to be able to produce these series of talks on why I trust my Bible. This is more of a layperson's kind of series on why I trust my Bible. We will start with the historical Jesus. Did he really exist? And I will go through the centuries and at the end hopefully get to talk about translations and why you can trust translations. I need to first make an important point. Can you prove that the Bible is trustworthy? The answer to that is no. You can't prove it, but the fact of the matter, you really can't prove anything. Not really. You can't prove the existence of God for a deist. Neither can you prove that there is no God for an atheist. You can't prove evolution, nor can you prove creationism. We have our beliefs on it, but you can't prove it. If you are listening to this series and you are looking for definite proof beyond any doubt where you can know that such and such is true, it is simply not possible. But this applies to anything in life. This is the nature of reality, as all belief systems are precisely that. They are belief or faith systems. You can try to set yourselves extremely high standards to the point of proving the church didn't alter the message of Jesus. Those standards will not hold up. Of course, if you set the standards too low, then you can't convince anyone that it is true. So in regards to this question, can I prove the Bible is trustworthy? The answer is no. But the other side of what we are talking about, is it a rational belief? I believe that answer is yes. I don't have to have all these points clarified to be a Christian, nor to believe the Bible is trustworthy. There is good evidence and argumentation. It is an internally consistent and coherent argument. I think that it is the most rational thing you can do. You can believe that the Bible is trustworthy. Again, can I prove it? No. But can I create a rational argument that holds together? Yes, I believe I can. This series is going to be fairly basic. I want you to be able to leave this series with the assurance that even if you don't fully understand some of these arguments, there are conservative evangelical scholars that have spent their lives studying these issues. And they believe the Bible is trustworthy, and I think that it is encouraging to people as well. This topic of the historical reliability of the Bible is an incredibly significant question. Of course, there are those who even go on television saying that Jesus was a mythical person. This is amazing, as Jesus is the most significant, influential person in the world, whether or not you believe he is indeed the Christ and God. Wouldn't it be amazing if he never really lived? Our second point is, your friends are asking. When I was younger, most people accepted a Judeo-Christian worldview, even non-Christians. That day has passed in Western culture, my friends, and the world is not going to give us the benefit of the doubt. It is going to attack. 
so you need to know the answers to these questions. Your friends will be asking you as you live as salt and light in a dark world. People are going to ask you why. I think also that you should be asking the question even though often basic fundamental questions are frowned upon. Is Jesus really God? Is salvation really by faith? Is the Bible really from God? Is it a trustworthy guide to all that we believe, do, and say? It is critical that you are asking these questions because the reliability of the message is tied up with the reliability of the messenger. It is okay if you have trusted others for a positive answer, especially if you are young. But as you get older, you need to have a credible answer as you are in the process of becoming an adult and taking the beliefs you had as a child and now seeing whether those beliefs are true or not. This is good because if you don't go through the process of honestly asking whether or not you really believe this, then you never will really believe it. So, you must decide whether this is true or not. This is why this series is so important as I want to walk you through the major challenges of believing that the Bible is trustworthy. Our third point is, you should be asking. The fact of the matter is that you will keep making these decisions because a cycle will be faced with situations over the years that challenge your faith. Those challenges will be in the form of economics, people, wealth, family, death, and or relationships. In those situations, you will ask yourself, how could a good God let this happen? How could an all-powerful God let this happen? Do I really trust him? Do I really believe his word? Life will throw curves at all of us. Sometimes they will be huge and sometimes not so huge. All of us have these kinds of issues that come up in our lives. You will go through this cycle and it will be good because when you come out the other side trusting the Bible, even facing the death of a loved one, for example, you will realize that you are trusting more than you did earlier. This goes deeper and deeper into your soul as you believe it with more and more conviction. Don't feel like you shouldn't be asking these questions. Okay, so this brings us to our fourth and final point today. You must be asking. Paul talks to Titus in chapter 1 verse 9 about elders, but I think it applies to all Christians. He tells Titus that he must hold firmly to the trustworthy word as taught, so that he may be able to give instruction and in sound doctrine, and also to rebuke those who contradict it. So, the first thing is to hold firmly to the word, and then to give instruction, and then to rebuke those who oppose it. So you and I have to hold firmly to the Bible. We have to know it. In the course of the experiences of life, you will come to hold firmly to it. Secondly, you have to be able to encourage others by sound doctrine. This is an important concept in the pastorals. It is the idea that the biblical gospel and doctrine gives spiritual health. It gives life. It is sound, and it is rational, and it makes sense. It is life-giving. This is what Paul is saying. You are to encourage others by sound doctrine. Now, you may have ideas that may or may not be good ideas, or they could really be bad ideas. We will encourage people with our own ideas, but ultimately the encouragement needs to come from Scripture, and that means you need to know Scripture and be convinced that it is true so that you can encourage others by it. The third point here, you have to be able to refute those opposing Scripture. Now, this is a little more difficult. I remember reading a survey that said that the average person being a Christian for five years has non-Christian friends. In other words, we tend to wrap ourselves into a cocoon. Presumably, we all have non-Christian friends and we need to know what they think and what they are listening to. We need to know what the non-Christian world thinks and what is being said. 
we need to know the silly and damning things that are being said on some of the YouTube videos. Some of them are just vile, and it's a wonder that God just doesn't strike people dead. That is what is influencing the people around us, and we need to know what is going on so that we are able to refute it with the sound doctrine of Scripture and with love, and as we are convinced that it is absolutely true. So, that is the significance of the question. All right, everybody, that wraps up lecture one of the significance of the question on our new series, Why I Trust My Bible. Please keep an eye on our Facebook page for our next edition titled, Did Jesus Live? Thanks for joining us. I'm Tim Shelton, and this is Three Great Lights. May God bless you. Have a wonderful day.